Hi, you're listening to the From Imposter to Empowered podcast. I'm your host, Jill Perrick, a life and success coach who specializes in helping working professionals and entrepreneurs overcome imposter syndrome. If you feel like you're not as smart, capable, or worthy as you actually are, and that someone is going to find you out, you've come to the right place. I use social and cognitive psychology, neuro-linguistic programming, and somatic healing to take my clients from imposter to empowered so they can go after the success that they want and feel worthy of it too. Let's dig in. Hello, hello, my loves. We are halfway through December when you're listening to this. And we wrapped up the Black Friday sale, which was amazing. We wrapped up the Worthy Woman method launch. So the doors were open in November and now they are closed until February 2022. If you don't know what that is, it is my signature group program, my lifetime access group coaching program for online entrepreneurs to overcome imposter syndrome. And we're not reopening the doors to that until late February 2022 maybe beginning of February but your girl's going to Mexico in mid-January and I don't know if I want to do a launch that closely to me being totally zen and coming back from Mexico (laughs) but we'll see also I can change my thoughts about launches of course but if you're an online entrepreneur and you launch you know that they take a fair bit of emotional and mental energy and we can always work through those things but Let's be real. It doesn't matter how zen or perfect your brain is. You are going to experience some type of feelings during your launch. So yeah, so that's what's going on. But I do have one-to-one coaching spots open for the working professional or the online entrepreneur who wants to take this work in overcoming imposter syndrome, healing your trauma, healing and speaking to your inner child wounds. If you want to take this deeper in a private one-to-one container then one-to-one coaching is for you and something that I think my clients get out of coaching that I don't always bring attention to is self-acceptance and why is self-acceptance important because when we learn to accept ourselves we don't make the things that we think wrong or the things that we do wrong we have more confidence in doing the things that we're doing Um, especially as somebody who's neurodivergent, I'm like always embarrassed by everything that I'm doing. And what really helps that is accepting myself and showing myself that compassion in terms of being like, dude, you're just a human, like having a human experience and you have a fucked up brain. It's not fucked up. It's not fucked up. You have a different brain than other people and that causes you to think in a different way and that's okay. There is a disgusting amount of self-acceptance just slathered over everything that I do because I've realized that for me that is the remedy and that is something that people don't expect to get when they come to work with me. They expect to come and get like okay here's how you overcome your imposter syndrome and blah 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 but at the root of it is self-acceptance is knowing that you're not doing anything wrong. You're not thinking in a wrong way it's about making life work for you making your actions work for you molding your life and your business or your career around you and how you function and how you work and having the tools in order to do that in a way that 
decreases emotional resistance or fear or doubt or guilt or shame in a way that leaves you feeling confident and sure of yourself. And that's the work that we do inside of six months of one-to-one coaching. So you can go to the link in my show notes and you can apply to book a sales call with me and then we will see if we are a good fit. And if we are, we will move forward and we start with like a two-hour deep dive into your values. I elicit your values using NLP um, and then we go through your expectations for our time together and the results you truly would like to create either tangible in terms of your career or your business and intangible so in terms of your mindset and how you want to feel at the end of our time together and then we get started we meet three times a month and you have access to me via Voxer where you can get spot coaching in between our coaching calls and it is my deepest most intimate container and I will probably be phasing it out by the end of 2022 so get your butt in there they are six month contracts and I can't wait to hear from you okay so today's episode is all about being emotional now as a person who identifies as highly sensitive I have always been emotional. I was an emotional kid. I'm an emotional adult. And something that was a part of my own healing journey was learning that that was okay. So I have parents who are technically boomers, I guess. I think they would be boomers. They were born in like the 60s. So is that right? Were my parents born in the 60s? Yes, they were. Why does that make them sound so old? (laughs) I was just like, whoa. They were born in the 60s. That's pretty crazy. Anyways, I just had like a revelation while I'm recording this. But anyways, they actually are more fun than me. Like my parents literally hang out with people that are my age because they love to party. They love to have fun. They're great parents, but they also like to party and they enjoy themselves, let me just say. So sometimes I laugh with my sister because we're like, wow, we did not get that gene. We did not get the partying gene. Anyways, it's probably because we've heard so many stories from their youth of them just like doing ridiculous things. We're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. So anyways, I had parents that were technically boomers and they did not grow up with this culture of mental health and going to therapy and becoming emotionally aware. I think I've talked about this on the pod before, but with my mom, she often will dump on me, like emotionally dump on me. And I have to say to her like, mom, you can go to therapy or you can tell somebody else, but please don't tell me these things. And she's like, but you're my therapist, la la la. Like there is not a ton of emotional awareness I find when it comes to the older generations. Not always, but a lot of the time. And it's not their fault because they didn't have the resources that we have now and the awareness that we have now. So I am very grateful that I am going to be doing all of this work on myself. So when I have children, it is going to be a different experience for them. But safe to say is I never learned that it was okay to be emotional. I saw emotion as a weakness. Um, and whenever I had big emotions, I had people in my life, whether it was my parents or somebody else who would 
not be able to hold the space for me to have that emotion. It would be like, we are going to problem solve your emotion. We're going to figure out what's wrong and fix it so then you don't have to feel this way. So I always took my emotions as an emergency and learning that there is something wrong if I'm feeling this way and I need to fix it. So it really created a sense of I cannot feel safe ever if I'm feeling anxious or sad or what have you. Now, Add on the fact that I had undiagnosed ADHD my entire life until this year, until I was fucking 29 years old, and I actually have a ton of emotional dysregulation, so I'm not able to regulate my emotions. And not only that, but people who are neurodivergent also see things as an immediate emergency and needing to fix whatever is going on. I also was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. And as you guys know, I have a speech impediment. So I never felt safe because I always felt anxious because it was fear around, you know, talking in public or being in social interactions and doing all those things. And I didn't know how to manage my emotions properly, not even as a normal human being, but I was never taught as a child. I was never told it's okay to cry. I was never told like, this is okay, that this is normal, you're allowed to feel your feelings. Um, and again, it's nobody's fault. It was just the way that I was conditioned. And even if it wasn't from my parents, it also came from school and what have you. I saw emotion as a weakness. I saw it as it wasn't something that was conducive or productive. I saw emotions as inconvenient all the way. I saw emotions as inconvenient. I saw them as non-conducive or unproductive. Even all the way to me having a business, I would tell myself, you don't have time to journal out your feelings or you don't have time to cry today or feel anxious because you have to get on Instagram. You have to do your work. You don't have time. You don't have time. So I never left room for my own emotions and that was learned from never having the space held for them as I grew up. And even when I started going to therapy at 27, Whenever my emotions would come up in therapy, I felt very uncomfortable. I was like, oh, like I just need to get through this. It felt very weird and foreign, but it started off with me paying people to hold emotions for me because, or to hold space for me to have emotions because I literally felt uncomfortable sharing emotion and having somebody else be responsible for them because I was never taught that 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 was okay not responsible for them but like I never had somebody hold space for me so I subconsciously told myself it's a burden for you to be emotional especially towards somebody else so with my friends I would be there for them but wouldn't let them be there for me with my partner whenever he would have an emotion I would try to problem solve it would try to fix it it would really stress me out this followed me everywhere and something that I really really have learned because I've seen a lot of success in the last two years so let's be real when I got home from work when they sent us home from work for the pandemic because I worked for the government for six and a half years and three and a half of those years I was running my coaching business 
when they sent us home, I was able to devote way more time to my coaching business and my business blew up. It blew up very fast. I went from making $1,000 in January of 2020 to 10,000 in May of 2020. Like it was a very fast turnaround. And since then I have seen a lot of success in my business. I just recently celebrated my first 20K month back in September, which I am so excited about. Um, and things are just getting better and better. I'm becoming more and more successful. My business is gaining more and more traction and I am doing the damn thing. And I have never been more emotional in my life. (laughs) I have never felt so open and vulnerable and like something at the drop of a hat can fucking make me cry. You know what I mean? And it's because I have spent so long neutralizing my emotions and pushing them down because I was afraid that they would come up and it would mean that I would be like debilitated and wouldn't be able to handle anything and they would ruin my life or ruin my business. When my childhood home burnt down in October of 2020, I literally would not let myself feel the grief of that because I was telling myself I have a job to do. So this is something that has continued to follow me and I am learning, as I always am because that was like a year ago now, um, I'm learning still. I'm still on this journey. I'm still on this healing journey. So I am learning that emotions are something that are just a part of my life that I also was kind of hoping that okay I would have a period of a lot of emotions coming up and then I'd be better and what that did was I always thought that I overcame something or worked through something and then I would continue to be emotional and I'd be like what the hell is wrong with me so there have been layers and layers of this emotional healing journey that I've been on and what I've realized is that I'm just an emotional person. I'm a very emotional person. I'm a highly sensitive person. I'm neurodivergent, which means that I have emotional dysregulation issues. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I don't judge myself based on how emotional I am anymore. I judge myself based on how I process my emotions and how quickly I can get back to equilibrium. I judge myself based on how quickly I can get back to business and get back to a state where I'm feeling good and even if I don't feel perfect in that I actually healthily processed my emotions. Because what I was doing before was I wasn't processing, I was wallowing, or I was stuffing them down. And there never seemed to be like a good in-between where I felt good about what I was doing. But again, I don't judge myself now based on how often I get emotional or how deep my emotions are. When I used to feel really anxious about my business or something happened and I would go down into the depths of a spiral with my thoughts, I would stay there for a while and completely believe every thought that my brain offered me. And I always say this in my content and to my clients is that like you cannot make your thoughts mean anything when you are deep in emotion. Sometimes identifying that you are deep in an emotion, one that is coming up because of a circumstance or a fear can be really difficult. 
But when you get to know your body and know that like, ooh, I'm starting to ruminate, the thoughts are starting to go, I'm starting to feel a certain way, I think I am having an emotion or having like a really deep feeling, then you can just see the thoughts, observe the thoughts, and not make them mean a fucking thing. So again, I don't judge myself based on how deeply I feel or how often these emotions come up. I will have probably about 10 instances a day in which I feel anxious. I'm like, okay, I'm thinking about this and I'm anxious. I'm thinking about this and I'm anxious. And it's okay. I know that the thoughts are going to come up, that they're not true. And if I need to really process them, then I do so in my journal or I talk to my coach or I do whatever I need to do or I just move along and I realize that like everything is okay, everything is all right. And when I say that I judge myself, I mean that I pay attention to how quickly I can process my emotions, not quickly in like I need to get past this, but more quickly like I am becoming more and more efficient at making emotions a part of my life at not making them wrong at not making them a problem at deconditioning and reprogramming the messages that I received my entire life telling me that my emotions were a problem and they took up too much space and I shouldn't have them and I need to neutralize them and I need to do it for the comfort of others and that they were a problem and blah 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 all of these things that I've learned over my first 29 years of life and now realizing that I get to rewrite that narrative as always right and that's what I mean when I say I judge myself but I don't actually judge myself I'm showing myself compassion and realizing that the emotion isn't the problem the problem is what I do with the emotion if it is in the way of self-sabotage or if I am making the emotion a problem and this is such a difficult practice guys this is such a difficult practice when I usually start working with clients they will make all of their emotions mean everything and that's okay because that's how you fucking get started that is totally okay but I begin to bring them back to conscious awareness over and over again, being like, you're feeling anxious about this and now you're making it mean all of these things. What if you just felt the anxiety without making it mean anything? And I think that this is something that we need to learn, especially because we hear a lot from the online space or from the world or from gurus or whatever that we get intuitive nudges and that emotions mean something. And here's the thing. I think intuition is when you get a gut feeling that that something is right or wrong. It's really clear in terms of a right or wrong, a yes or no. But I think emotion is different. I think we need to be able to become more in tune with our bodies. And let me tell you, I also struggle with alexithymia as a result of my ADHD which is when people have difficulty expressing their emotion or labeling their emotion so I know more than fucking anybody that 
labeling your emotions is going to feel hard at first but being in tune with your body and understanding that okay I'm feeling this way what is this emotion if I could name it and is it trying to tell me something that I really need to know or is it just a feeling that I'm really used to feeling as a result of not feeling confident feeling unworthy feeling not good enough you know so that again comes with the conscious awareness of being in tune with our bodies and paying attention to our thoughts you can pay attention to your thoughts without making them mean anything I do this exercise in the worthy woman method and that is emotional mirroring and that is when you become the observer of your thoughts but the feeler of your feelings so you are allowing yourself to feel the emotion fully allowing it to bubble and rise to the surface without attaching yourself to every thought that comes up as a result of those emotions again it's so much easier said than done but like everything it is a conscious process it is a conscious process to come back to your thoughts and to not make them mean anything especially when you're in the depths of emotion so to wrap this up remember that you can start doing this too you can start realizing that your emotions are not a problem and that it is okay that you are emotional so the first step is how can you accept yourself as an emotional person how do you feel how do you feel when you identify as an emotional person or as a highly sensitive person how does that make you feel what judgments come up for you what old thoughts about emotion come up for you and then How can you start working on the process of feeling your emotions and allowing them to come up without making them mean anything instead of focusing on why your emotions are a problem? Okay, so again, we are not judging ourselves based on the having of the emotion. We are judging ourselves based on how we are processing that emotion. And you can do this through breath work through EFT tapping I actually have the empowered energy membership which I don't talk about on here a lot but it is a $22 a month membership where I go live each and every week and we either do EFT tapping or we do Reiki and breath work so those live sessions are every week and then I put the recordings in the robust client portal where you can see all the past recorded lives They are so good. Um, And those ways are just a couple of unique ways that you can start to process and feel your emotions and leave intentional time for that. But also you can journal, you can go for a walk, you can work out as you're like feeling the emotions and you're getting it all out. There are a lot of different ways. And remember that you can always opt to take this work deeper with me especially because emotions are a big part of overcoming imposter syndrome because you are learning to trust your body to trust yourself and to not make your anxiety or your fear or your self-doubt actually mean anything about you and be able to move through it and create a more empowered self so again one-to-one coaching applications are open at the link in my show notes you can go there and apply and see if we are a good fit for six months of one-to-one coaching. And I love you guys. I'll see you next week. 
Thanks for listening to the From Imposter to Empowered podcast. Head to the show notes to find out how you can take this work deeper with me in one-to-one coaching or in my lifetime group coaching program, The Worthy Woman Method. In the show notes, you'll also find a free three-day challenge to start the process of overcoming your inner imposter. And once you're done with that, screenshot this episode and share it on Instagram, tagging me at your coach Jill so we can connect. See you next time.